Welcome to The Vinyl Preacher, your weekly podcast where we talk about the Bible and make a playlist. I'm Matt Cattle, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Zach Barris, coming to you live, high above the streets of uh, Music City, USA, Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, I'm coming to you from my office for the first time in four months. Crazy wow. pants. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, I'm here to tell you that. Is there dust and cobwebs on everything? No. I that this is a great I cleaned my office before I left and it's uh still clean. That's cool. Mm. I don't know. I guess it's weird that there's no cobwebs. Should I be weirded out by that? I don't know. Oh uh, the insects are dying. Climate oh, change. Okay. Except for the mosquitoes in my backyard. Cool. Cool, cool. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'm, uh, back at work and, um, I'm here to tell you that it's fine. It's fine. That's what we like to hear, man. That's what we like to hear. What day is this back at work? Two. Day two, day one. Okay. Uh, yeah, sure. You came back for day two. That's good. <laughs> I came back for day two. <laughs> Always a good sign. Just a few more days to go, man. Then you get to retire. That's it. Just a, just a few more days. I've got the little countdown on the wall here. Uh, just a few. Just a few left. Let's get countdown to sabbatical two. Electric boogaloo. <laughs> oh, amen. Well, big news uh, in my house. Yeah. What's the big news? We had a pet cemetery. Uh, not a pet cemetery. Pet funeral. Hamster funeral on Sunday. How did it go? Uh, it was good. It was nice. I thought we did a good job. Yeah. Good. We uh, we set up an ofrenda uh, yesterday for oh. Cherry Bear Jelly Bean, which wow. is helpful with the process, I think. Okay. Uh, it was not unanticipated. Uh, Cherry Bear Jelly Bean, our uh, wildfire hamster companion, uh, uh, died, I think is the word we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday night, but uh, he'd had like this tumor that was growing and stuff. We actually had an appointment for Monday to uh, move things along, and he helped us out, saved us, saved us a little, little moolah, and uh, had a lovely friend at a little altar for the Day of the Dead uh, with cherry bear pictures and, and snacks and the ball and the whole thing. So, uh, so it was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, an ofrenda, All Saints Day. Uh, with a, yeah, its own twist this year. Mm-hmm. Zelma, uh, my child, is taking ukulele lessons, and uh, the ukulele instructor is incredible. Uh, big fans of this person, and one of their things is Zelma likes to make up her own songs, and so they practice songs that Zelma's written, right? Instead of just like row row your boat, they do some standards. They also work on putting her songs to music and learning how to play them. Uh, and uh, one of Zoma's songs is all about Cherry Bear. So, uh, so at the graveside service, uh, we uh, Zoma bro- broke the ukulele out and we sang the Cherry Bear song. Uh, it was lovely, lovely. Wow, there's a song. Oh yeah. Sure. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Did you did like did the whole family accompany on instruments or? Uh, was this a solo thing? No, it's a solo uh, one, mm-hmm. just just ukulele. Just for ukulele, this yeah. Performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Well, good. Well, we uh, we are in this All Saints season, um, and now moving through the rest of November. Interesting texts we've got today. Should we talk about them? Maybe let's talk about them. Have you written a sermon on this already? Because you said that when you went back to work, you're going to really stay on top of things. And uh, you had already written last week's sermon. Have you written this week's sermon? Well, I wrote last week's sermon, then I decided it was crap. And so I've been <laughs> reworking on it. Uh, I put more hours into this one sermon uh, for less results. That's just, it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the social just... media graphics that the church is putting out there really increases the pressure on you. Oh, Lord Almighty. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I've, I've read... You know, people have different experiences coming back from sabbatical uh, and mm-hmm. in the sabbatical books. Some folks talked about like, oh, I just felt like my preaching was so much better. It was so renewed. And I just like and I just feel out of practice. I feel like I'm trying to go for a run after like a month off. And I'm just mm. like, oh, man, I got to pace myself. This is not, you know, I don't feel like I can run a marathon today. Let's go. Let me get it. Let me get in that pulpit. No, I feel out of practice. <laughs> Is what I feel. So uh, I'm spending a lot of extra time on this first sermon to make sure that it's uh, in good shape. Uh, I did, however, look at the texts for this Sunday uh, and spent all the time with them and uh, figured out a, a way in. So that's, I feel, I'm, I did more prep than I usually do by this point. So uh, I may not be as far along as I'd hoped, but I'm farther along than I used to be. We'll just make it to help you with accountability, Matt. We'll do a weekly check-in. Great. Has Matt written the sermon? Sounds like a help. great like recurring help. bit. <laughs> it's just another episode of, has Matt actually written a sermon this week? <laughs> Sounds good. I, I appreciate that accountability. Oh, that's what we're here for. To help you and all our listeners be better preachers. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, here for the 24th Sunday after Pentecost, almost done with the Sundays after Pentecost. We're, we're getting there. We're, we're in the, uh, what is, is, is the gun? Is this the gun lap? <laughs> How do I remember that oh. from eighth grade track and field? Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, first reading I've got in my celebrate insert, a reading from Amos and you've got a reading from wisdom here, which it looks like is the alternate, uh, reading. So you've got two options for you, dear preacher. Uh, I'll summarize Amos real quick, and then I'll read Wisdom because it's, it's right in front of me. Uh, Amos has some wonderful stuff, uh, a little bait-and-switch action. Uh, the day of the Lord, mm. as if somebody fled from a lion that was met by a bear, or went to the house and rested a hand against the wall and was bitten by a snake. Uh, really warm, fuzzy feelings for you this evening. Uh, and, then, and then God says, I hate, I despise your festivals. I take no delight in your worship. And ends with, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Uh, which, of course, is a quote that we um, associate with Martin Luther King Jr. But here in context of uh, God saying, uh, hey, maybe not so much with the the uh, worship assemblies when you're not practicing justice. Uh, good context. Put it in context. Good stuff here. Uh, and also weird stuff about the lion and the bear in the house with the snake. Indeed. That's Amos, That's Amos for you. Uh, we also have Wisdom, chapter 6, 12 to 16. Where is Wisdom? Is Wisdom, this is in the Apocrypha somewhere? Where do I find this in my Bible? Somewhere. Wisdom. Oh, that's a good question. Is it Apocryphal? 
I assume so. I'm going to read it while you look it up. Wisdom yeah. is radiant and unfading, and she is easily discerned by those who love her and is found by those who seek her. She hastens to make herself known to those who desire her. One who rises early to seek her will have no difficulty, for she will be found sitting at the gate. To fix one's thought on her is perfect understanding, and one who is vigilant on her account will soon be free from care, because she goes about seeking those worthy of her. And she graciously appears to them in their paths, and meets them in every thought. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Uh, Let's see here. According to Wikipedia, wisdom is one of the seven sapiential, that's new to me, poetic books. Uh, in the Septuagint, along with Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, Job, and Sirach. Uh, it's included in the canon of the Catholic and the Eastern Orthodox, but most Protestants consider it apocrypha. Interesting. Interesting. We should... I don't remember. I, yeah, I gotta get... I gotta brush up on my uh, why Catholics consider some books canonical and Protestants put them in the apocrypha. I'm sure I learned that at some point, and I need to brush up on it. Next sabbatical. Next sabbatical. <laughs> Sounds pretty inspiring. All about the canon. That's your next sabbatical. <laughs> well, this reading from uh, Wisdom is, uh, I mean, I'm getting very, uh, my yoke is easy, my burden is light vibes mm-hmm. uh, from it. Um, definitely not as scary as uh, lions and bears and snakes, but... Um, but almost too easy, uh, you know, to kind of find a way in. Like, what is that? So we're going to seek wisdom, and then she's easy to find. Uh, I, I don't know. Where do you, where do you, I'm not sure uh, where to go with this. I know it's going to tie into the gospel probably since we've got some stuff about the wise and the foolish. Um, but just looking at well, wisdom by itself, only what do you got? One, one half of the equation Matt, that the wisdom's easy to find, because uh, in the second half of the the reading here, you hear wisdom do, being the one who does the seeking. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think it's a little more ambiguous. Um, easily discerned by those who love her, found by those who seek her. Sounds pretty good, easy enough. Uh, but then things get a little more complicated. Uh, she goes about seeking those worthy of her, and she graciously appears to them in their paths and meets them in every thought. Uh, I like that she graciously appears to them in their paths um, mm. because uh, that feels a lot less like a thing that I'm in control of um, and a lot less easy. Um, mm. So you get a little bit of that. I mean, just like you said, uh, my yoke is easy, my burden light, and yet it's still a burden, right? Uh, you get both sides of the of the coin. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to zoom in on the places where wisdom uh where wisdom meets them in their paths in every thought and she's sitting at the gate which is always an interesting image i think there's other readings where uh, wisdom is at the gate um yeah liminal place right so like there she is at the Mm -hmm. threshold um which is uh which might be a, a place that you could pull some preaching out of think about those thresholds those liminal moments matt it might even tie into the gospel Maybe. Let's read this fantastic gospel. We have a fantastic story that is maybe technically, maybe not a parable. Who knows? Jesus said, then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids. Write that down, Matt. The number's important. 
bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish. Write that down. Five foolish, five wise. It still adds up. We got ten bridesmaids. This is a word problem. Took their lamps. That's right. Yep. Get ready, Matt. Your kids are (laughs) going to be in upper elementary soon, and you're going to have to figure this out. Uh, When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, uh, which seems silly. Uh, Not okay. Yeah, Uh, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps, and as the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. And then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, no, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to it, uh, and while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Door, threshold, gate. Mm-hmm. Later on, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Uh, stay woke, keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm not sure it's a parable, Matt, because there are very few parable-esque qualities here. Uh, there's nothing really unexpected. There's no twist. There's no humor. There are no expectations that are particularly upended, right? Like that fool- <laughs> foolishness is uh, uh, per- the, those who are prepared and wise will be rewarded and the foolish uh, will be punished as not a like super, wow, didn't see that coming. Yeah. What is it then? Is it a, no is it a fable with a moral? Oh, it might be a fable. Um <laughs> A couple notes I have here, Matt. Observations, really. Uh, strange to me, one, that the foolish bridesmaids would bring their lamps without oil. Uh, that's some real foolishness, right? It doesn't say that they ran out of oil, right? Like, it's not like they brought some, yeah. but it wasn't enough. That's not it. They brought lamps with no oil. Uh, so, you know, just well, something to think about there. They're foolish. They are pretty foolish. Uh, then they successfully go out and find an oil dealer after midnight, Matt. Right? It's yeah. not just that they don't have oil, oil and that they're locked out. They're like, oh, we got to go buy some. And they run down to the 24-7 quick stop oil store and buy some. Yeah. Matt, we've we've both been in places um, – you know, we've, we, I've lived in college towns a lot, and college towns are pretty good at having stuff open in the middle of the night. Uh, most of the world doesn't have stuff open in the middle of the night. And I'm going to take a bit of a, a risk here and, and say that in the ancient Near East, where they lacked lighting and where the darkness was a terrible place that only where only bad things could happen, you could be attacked by animals or bandits, uh, that the oil store was not open in the middle of the night and right. Like how are they finding their way to it? They don't, we've covered this. They let, they don't have oil for their lamps. They can't see. They don't have a flashlight. They're literally walking in the dark and sure. Maybe it wasn't a cloudy night and the moon was out and they could find their way. Um, but that is a ridiculous detail worth, <laughs> worth lifting up here. Yeah. What do you, what do you make of that ridiculous detail? <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> third detail that I'll throw in here to, to lift mm-hmm. up some of the ridiculousness of it that maybe opens the door for us to to move through uh, a gate where wisdom sits is that um, in the ancient Near East, they also did not have uh, clocks or watches. Um, and so uh, at midnight, there was a shout, here's the bridegroom. The bridegroom was delayed, is what it says. Uh, important to note, uh, the bridegroom was not late, uh, but delayed because... Mm-hmm. A little bit, as I understand uh, how St. Mark's works, Matt, um, there's a generally agreed-upon time in which things will should start, but things don't start until everybody's there. Uh, and that's the cultural reality of the ancient Near East. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't, they didn't, they wouldn't do something like, hey, you need to be here at midnight on the dot, because that's when the bridegroom, like this is, they didn't use wedding planners, okay? Uh, they didn't have the the agenda, the itinerary for what was going to happen during the day, and so if you want to read a real, have a real straightforward reading of it, where it's the brides the bridesmaids knew that at midnight the groom the the bridal party was going to arrive, and they needed to have oil, and they were not prepared, and they knew everything they needed to know, and they didn't do it is not what happened here, right? Uh, they were supposed to be there when the bridegroom and the bride arrived, but they didn't know when that was. Um, so it's, it's not so much about not accomplishing a set task, Hmm. uh, but there's more of a longitudinal element to it. I think, right. That like the call is not to be prepared at the time, uh, but it's, it's something else. What's the something else? I'm not articulating. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like I was doing really good until I got to that part. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there is, I mean, it is about preparation, right? But more preparation is a mode of being, uh, a way of being in the world rather than being a prepper, right? Like there's a difference. <laughs> Be careful. You need to know, dear preacher, if you have preppers, doomsday preppers in your congregation. Uh, but I think that's the caricature I would paint of what this is not about, Um and that the alternative is a way that is much more engaged in the world. Um, hmm. You know, the other thing you can throw this against that makes it look ridiculous is uh, many congregations are doing uh, stewardship things. And this uh, parable seems to promote hoarding. Right? <laughs> so your job as a preacher is, is to just to use a lens where this doesn't support hoarding of oil. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably my least favorite part of the passage no we won't share oh you may not (laughs) if my kids did this to each other i mean they'd be in trouble (laughs) it's not yeah for sure right uh, like it's not the jesus thing to do would be to give all of your oil and not have any right yeah yeah you would you would think you would think um yeah well i think um i don't know if this is where you're going but maybe kind of uh so part of this like, preparation of stuff to do, but the last sentence is uh, keep awake, therefore, which um, which we hear elsewhere. Sometimes we hear it the first Sunday of Advent, um, but that sounds more like a state of being um, that you would want to be all the time. It seems like less about We've stuff We've got some to premature do. Advent going on. Yeah, it's this is a way to be. We And we are in that like threshold season, right? Um, so keep keep awake as a, as a way to be, I was trying to find my way into this text. Uh, and it made me, 
think of uh, a Martin Luther King Jr. sermon called Remaining Awake Through a Great Revolution. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that title. What's mm. that sermon about? And he he starts out by uh, telling the story of Rip, Red, Rip Van Winkle, which uh, is really fun. If you've never heard MLK tell the story of Rip, Red, Rip Van Winkle, go look it up. Uh, you can Google it. Remaining Awake Through a Great Revolution. Um, but he's basically talking about um, there's there's this there are all these things happening in the world, right? Are we going to stick our head in the sand? Or are we going to be aware of them and awake and engaged and participating and a part of it all? Um, this is also a sermon when he uses that phrase, we're all part of the same garment of destiny tied together. Um, we're all part, we're, we're all tied up together. We can't uh, separate ourselves and, and be little monads, uh, but we are. I like that philosophy reference. <laughs> um, well, Leibniz for you. Philosophy nerds. Word. Bonus points if you preach monads this week well it's great google that too if you don't know (laughs) philosophy major right here anyway um check out that mlk sermon because i do think it it gives us a way in that um isn't just about uh i don't know all the different reductive ways we might look at this passage but helps us i think open our eyes to being engaged in the world around us uh through this text so another way in uh, that ties into, I think, some of the stuff that you were you were talking about as well. There's probably a way where you can read this juxtaposed to the uh, the other wedding banquet story we got a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, I read. Um, yeah, I read. I, I was reading a commentary, and I can't remember where I found it. I think it was on the Methodist website um, about just the ways in which Jesus loves uh, wedding banquets and the ways that wedding banquets show mm-hmm. up uh, in the gospels. Um, and one way to think about that, it's probably a lot of different ways you could think about it. Maybe turn it over in your head. But um, one way to think about it is a wedding is something that brings people together. This, there's a covenanting that happens. Um, and we often think about it as a romantic covenanting and that may well be true, but there's a lot of other things happening too, right? Like this is a bringing together of families. This is all kinds of covenanting happening together. And that is something that God is all about, right? Not only in a romantic way, but beyond that, bringing people together, covenanting us together with God and with one another. Um, and so that is also like a part of this passage. And maybe you can uh, do some things there. Robot Molina, uh, our social science commentary folks, make the point here that that, that that's kind of the stakes of uh, there's honor, shame, stakes to this uh, situation. That if the bridal party arrived and there was no one to welcome them. It would be a shameful thing for not just um, the groom, but for the the family. Um, and so, you know, and all that that entails, uh, which is socio and economic and, and all the things. You could probably preach this where all the, all the bridesmaids are bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really do want to interrogate those wise uh, bridesmaids for not. I don't think the point is be like these bridesmaids. I'm not sure that's the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, I think there's some ways in. Uh, and you got some songs you can sing. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning. Uh, and there's keep what? your lamps mm-hmm. trimmed and burning. Uh, this is a spiritual. So good stuff. Last thing I'll throw in there is this uh, is a little bit of a Western perspective on it, but I think it could still work. It's midnight when they arrive. So if you're looking for another mm-hmm. gate, door, liminal threshold space uh, between one day and the next, though, uh, obviously, in the ancient Near East, the new day began at sunrise and not, or sunset, not at midnight. 
Yeah, that's a good one. I've definitely preached that sermon before. Uh, yeah, think about midnight. That's good. Thank you for that. Well, what uh, are yeah? What do we listen to this week? Just good music. Um, let's see here, Matt. My mouse. I got too many screens open. Here we go. Matt, I found a new song that I love. Do you know this song? Uh, I am California. No, John I don't Brady. know. That. Nope. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Um, it's uh, the chorus is really good. Uh, oh gosh, how does it go? I've, I've been singing it. I've been playing it. Um, oh gosh, I have to look it up. Uh, I discovered it because it was on a um, uh, Gregory Allen Isakoff sings on it. And I was doing some Spotify, Gregory Allen Isakoff radio sorts of things. And it played this crazy song. And then I went on a whole, uh, went down a whole rabbit hole on it. Uh, it's older. And I can't believe I missed a great California song. Um, but you ready for this, Matt? Oh, it's so good. Uh, so drink all my wine, cut all my trees, make love on my beaches, smoke all my weed. I am California, can't you see? Wherever you roam, you'll always want me. Uh, God, it's so good. And there's a second chorus later on that that's like climb all mountains if that's what you need. Uh, it's really good. It's kind of giving tree kind of vibes. Uh, heavily recommend it to you. And I think that these readings, you know, we got a wedding. There is love. Uh, I think love songs fit the vibe, um, but mm. also the kind of enduring vibe. Perhaps if you're looking for good news, the good news is the wedding banquet goes on regardless of the behavior of uh, the bridesmaids, what the bridesmaids mm. do or do not do. Maybe that's where I'd turn it. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think I Am California is a good song to play along with that. Um, then, Matt, I imagine the brides, the bridegroom, oh, too many brides, bridegroom and the bride wandering out in the darkness looking for the wedding banquet. And when they happen upon it, they say to themselves, this must be the place. And they hear a naive melody. Uh, originally about talking heads, but I'm going to put a Lumineers cover, came upon a Discover Weekly this week. Uh, this is a beautiful talking heads song. Uh, and maybe the only talking heads love song. It's a love song. Um, then Matt, I'm going to go with another song about a wedding about a marriage. I've been listening to you springing Springsteen on my beam, and uh, <laughs> gosh, it's a lot of work to get through it, Matt. Uh, the episodes are longer than ever. Like I'm in the river, and I'm halfway through the river disc one. Wow, I'm I'm way behind. I'm not even I'm not even that far. Is this because we've got the the actor strike and they've got extra time? <laughs> that must be it. Yeah. Oh man, I thought I was making progress, and then I looked. I have an hour left on uh, you, you talking you to Springsteen to me for the River Disc One, and I'm going with Stolen Car off of Disc One or Disc Two. That's what I'm on. I'm doing it backward. <sighs> Whatever. Yeah, I've still got a long way to go to get through the River, uh, which is a beautiful song. Uh, I met a little girl, and it I settled is. down in a little house out on the edge of town. We got married and swore we'd never part. And little by little, we drifted from each other's heart. Uh, I think there's some mercuriality here to wisdom coming and going, dwelling and leaving. And uh, you can listen to a beautiful song off of the river disc too, to, uh, to accompany your preaching this week. 
Yeah. Oh, the river. The river so good. Double album. I think it's Chris's favorite album because it's also got a bunch of like fun songs on it. Uh, we actually saw the river tour. It was like a 40th, 30th, 35th anniversary, 35th anniversary tour. I think, uh, back in 20, I don't know, several years ago, but he played the whole album, the whole double album in its entirety, uh, which was awesome. Incredible. Good stuff. He's, I believe, uh, Adam's critique or Scott's critique of, of the, of the album so far is that it has too many songs about cars, too many songs about cars. I mean, Stolen once car, you start, <laughs> ramrod. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean, once you once you start. Uh, I mean, I remember we um, we had Rick Fry on the podcast, friend of the pod, to talk about Letter to You, and we were going through all yeah. the all the Springsteen cliches that were just throughout the song. It was it was great. There's letters. There's a train. You know, there's a road somewhere. Just once you see <laughs> it, you can't uh, you can't unsee it. But uh, but still, he's a great writer. I mean, like those lyrics you're reading, he, just, he can just craft a little scene. So, yeah. Um, what have I got? Uh, I'm thinking about Midnight. It's, look at this. It's Midnight and there's oil. Midnight Oil. Oh. I don't know if Midnight Oil is named after this uh, story, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised. It must be. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, their most famous song is called Beds Are Burning. It almost sounds like a Talking Heads song. It's got that kind of sound to it. Uh, but I think it's a good song for um, being awake and being aware of uh, what's going on around us. Keep awake. Uh, midnight oil beds are burning. Go check that one out. And then uh, I also hear midnight and I think about Taylor Swift's most, most recent album. Uh, not the re-release of 1989, which happened last week. Uh, but uh, 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 midnights, which came out what a year ago or so, I think, I think it came out about a year ago. Midnight's. Uh, and the opening and track on Midnight's is called Lavender Haze, but the opening lines are Meet Me Ooh. at Midnight, Meet Me at Midnight, Meet Me at Midnight. Uh, so I have that running through my head. So check out Taylor Swift's Lavender Haze. Taylor Swift, she's everywhere these days. Just a master manipulator of media. Question. <laughs> <laughs> so many ways. Respect. Respect. Um, and then uh, finally, thinking about uh, keeping awake, wake up everybody. There's a great John Legend in the Roots cover of this song, but let's go with the original this time by Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes featuring Teddy Pendergrass. What an all-star lineup. It's a great song. Wake up everybody. That's what I got. I like it. As always, you can go over to the Spotify and check out this week's playlist following the link in the episode description or the link you always had. Just refresh it. Songs change. But the playlist stays the same. Hey, man. Well, it's been real. Real vinyl. Ooh.